Hey, modern people leaders. Look, I know that you're you're out here just doing your best for your people. And sometimes it probably feels like you just want to pull your hair out. And I know that there are so many tasks where you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, we're still doing this manually. And I hear this all the time from listeners and guests. One example that immediately comes to mind for me is how many people in HR are still managing leaves of absence in a spreadsheet, which is why I'm so excited to endorse Tilt. From FMLA tracking to applying for state benefits to supporting intermittent leaves up to the minute, they take all of that admin off of your plate, give your employees that one-on-one human support that they need, and they keep you compliant no matter what leave type or state that your people are in. Tilt is just the perfect blend of technology and human support, in my opinion. So go give them a try. Just visit hellotilt.com slash MPL for more info. That's hellotilt.com slash MPL. You're listening to the Modern People Leader Podcast. Today's episode will be a part of our People Leader Series, where we go behind the scenes with today's top HR leaders and talk to them about how they've gotten to where they're at and what they really do every day. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Modern People Leader. How y'all doing? Great. Thanks for having us. So when we started the podcast three years ago, it was always a dream of mine to have somebody from Southwest Airlines on. So to have you guys here is a pretty big moment for us. <laughs> You're um, just saying that because we're here. No, I'm serious. Like, you know, I so I went to the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. I was an advertising major, but I got what they call the Business Foundation Certificate. And one of the classes that you have to take is like management or something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the case studies they have you go through is the Southwest Airlines culture. So I feel like that's y'all cool. are the legendary yeah, Southwest are, Airlines culture. That's great. It's pretty like, special. It is special. Mm-hmm. It's like culture and Southwest Airlines are almost synonymous. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, you know what? That's my good news story that we're here talking to two people from, from the people team at Southwest. Awesome. Yeah. We're glad. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And for context, for the good news stories, every episode starts the same way. We all go around, share a good news story. It could be personal. It could be work-related. Just anything that comes to mind. And yeah, who wants to who wants to go next? Yeah, I mean, when I think of great stories, I always think about our Southwest employees. And we have so many amazing employees and so many amazing stories. You know, I don't think it's a secret. We had a really big operational disruption at late last year, beginning of this year, but so many amazing heroic things through that. And we have one employee who's a flight attendant. His name is Danny, and he's quickly become famous at Southwest. He was one of the employees that kind of got stuck out in another city. And when he finally made his way back home, he was exhausted, as you can imagine, and ready to go home and go to sleep. But he realized when he got to the in-flight base at the airport that there were a whole lot of hungry flight attendants there. So on his own, he went to like Home Depot and bought a wagon and then went to Little Caesars Pizza and ordered (laughs) like, I don't remember how many pizzas. It was maybe 200. Like they weren't sure they could complete the order. Wow. And he took them all back up there in the wagon and fed flight attendants, went and fed pilots, other employees. He still had pizza left. He went out and fed customers. Oh, my goodness. See, that's what I think of when I think of the Southwest culture. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's really about, you know, hiring great people that you really then empower to just be themselves and do the right thing. And, you know, I actually reached out to him and I said, your story really touched me. He shared it on our internal Facebook page. And I said, I would love to personally contribute. He was like, absolutely not. I wanted to do this. 
Like, wow. these are just the people we hire, yeah. right? And what's his name, Danny? Danny. Yeah. Shout out to Danny. <laughs> this is the coolest story that I've heard. Yeah. He's remarkable. That's a great news story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a great story. I think mine would be just because it's happening right now is the response our employees had during the Maui fires. So we were going through so many different things and we're about to go visit right after this trip. So we get to go tomorrow and see our employees and just the the love and the same thing that Lori just shared. You know, they're going through something that was really, really tough, erasing history for some of our employees. And it was so awesome just to see everyone come together. You know, you're out there on an island. You feel the love from the mainland. We flew the pets who needed to get off the island to um, Oregon. Yeah. Pets. So the pets had to have a new place to go. That was your favorite part. That was my favorite part. So. <laughs> That'll make me cry if you talk the about pets. the pets. We loaded up an aircraft with pets and flew them out probably about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it was wild. So just even to see like our folks from our maintenance group have to prepare the aircraft, I'll leave you to that imagination for all those pets. And then having some volunteers fly with the pets, it was full. It was, you know, we had 200 animals on there. So we were really excited to be able to deliver those and just the warmness whenever they landed. But it's the people too. We're able to take care of each other, do what they need, get them what they need to be helpful there. And then of course, keep the tourism flowing into Maui because they still, part of the island definitely still still wants visitors. But just like Lori's example, our people just take such good care of each other. It's awesome. Wow, I chose the wrong podcast to go last on good news stories because these are <laughs> like really hard to hard to beat. So the challenge with good news stories when you're recording 20 podcasts in three days, You've given is you, all start your good to, news. you start to run out. But I have I have a good one. So I sold my company, not Modern People Leader, like I was the CEO of a software company. Mm-hmm. Sold that in April. And my good news in my prior in the prior recording was that I sent my termination for of my contract because there was like a provision you have to mm-hmm. let us know. So being an HR person, you know, by trade, I was like I had a reminder. So I sent that email yesterday, and I went to bed just worried, mm-hmm. like what in the hell am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. And is this the right thing? And yeah. In my journaling today, I so I journal every day. It's part of my daily practice, and usually I, I start the day writing down five affirmations, and then I end the day with kind of five things I'm grateful for. And you know, for me. I have never been in a position in my career where I didn't know what my next move is. And I, this morning I woke up, I still don't know what my next move (laughs) is, but that's okay. Like I can find joy and happiness, even though life is uncertain Mm -hmm. and I don't have all things figured out and no one has everything figured out and that's okay. So, you know, my good news is like, this is all happening in the right environment because there's so much positivity at this conference and just hearing all the good news. So yeah, I'm in a great frame of mind, even though for the first time in my adult life, I don't know what my next move is. So Mm. that's my good news. The right things out there. Yeah. Yeah. The right things out there. Yeah. And I'll find it or it'll find me. Right. Right. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about first, you know, the two of you, your roles at Southwest Airlines, how it relates to recognition, employee engagement, you know, the things we're culture, the things we're talking about here at O.C. Tanner IG. Sure. 
So I get to lead the culture and communications department. So all of that's nestled right in there. We've got recognition. We have our employee experience group. We have our employee insights team. So there's so much work. We have our culture group. So there's so Mm -hmm. much work to make sure that we are developing a place where employees really want to stay. They feel like they belong. They feel like their leader knows them. And Lori, I'm sure we'll talk in a minute about all the recognition that we do. But we really try to curate things that not only work for the thousands of new hires that we've hired over the last few years, but also for all of those tenured employees that are already here. We focus a lot on our new hires because it's exciting and you want them to love the company like we do. We also want to make it a stay, attracting and retaining. That's our two big things. But you also want it to be a great place for our current employees. So we look at like, how can we help all along the way from when they join to when they leave and all those points in between And then how can we have those culture experiences? We're actually having one next week in Denver. It's called a spirit party, aptly named. Yeah, where everyone just gets to have a great time. We're going to be close to the Colorado Rockies ballpark. We're really excited. So we are going to have a good time together. But I think we, our department has the opportunity to be able to focus on so many of these things for our employees. And it makes it a really fun job. We're interviewed by Craig from the Futurum Group Mm -hmm. this morning. And he was asking us about culture and how we define culture. And I guess the way that I think about it is you have a combination of, you know, stories, rituals, and behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so far, y'all have both shared two amazing stories <laughs> yeah. from, from Southwest. You've shared a ritual that you have coming up. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about onboarding. So how you're like getting people assimilated into the Southwestern or the Southwest culture mm-hmm. and like what it means to be a Southwest Airlines employee. And earlier today, we talked about the alumni network at Norton Healthcare. Oh. So I want to talk about onboarding. Sure. Like, what does onboarding look like at Southwest? Well, it's it's pretty cool. And we've been hiring a ton. We, um, I think, have hired, didn't we hire over 20,000 people last mm-hmm. year? And we're still on that pace now. Yeah. So we've had a lot of onboarding. And part of my team actually took on as a project to really look end to end at the onboarding experience. Because during the pandemic, we stopped all hiring, right? We didn't need people, so Mm -hmm. we stopped all hiring. And so a whole bunch of things kind of were stopped and or broken or, right? So we looked at it end to end and did a whole lot of quick hits, but we have some really special things that we do. So before um, an employee actually starts, they receive in the mail a new hire welcome kit that's a really cool box that they has really a moment to unbox it and learn more about Southwest and our culture and our history. And it has all of our values in it because we want people to understand that before they even start, right? So they get that. It has a couple of little small gifts in it. Day one, most of our employees come day one to our headquarters in Dallas. Mm-hmm for a class called Now Onboarding, and it's kind of airline-themed, right? Mm-hmm. And so they learn- see what you did there. Right? Yep. <laughs> they, they learn all about the history of the company and about important things that they need to know before they start all of their job-specific training. And a really special part of that Now Onboarding class is they walk the red carpet. And we have a long red carpet, and we invite whoever from headquarters that's there that day that mm-hmm. can come down Jump to line the red carpet. We oh, ph- yeah. photograph it. Video. We video. Photo shoots. 
And I, I think we've got a playlist that everyone's dancing. We do. It's Eight a.m. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And it, it's Sounds truly. Like a party. It, is it is a party. party. It is a party. And you know those new hires walk that red carpet, and a lot of times their new teams are there with a sign, you know, welcoming them. And it is so incredible to be a part of it. And our CEO will often come down yes. for it, and sometimes lead them as they're walking through. It's really special. So we do that. We also added a couple of recognition moments for that early, those early career milestones. And so we do use OC Tanner as our recognition platform. And we have our Southwest Airlines Gratitude Program, aka SWAG. And cute, huh? Employees can earn swag points. You're on a roll here. I, I love it. Lori's so got it all. <laughs> we send at 30 days every new hire some swag points. And the whole thought around that is to welcome them to the company, encourage them to go out onto the platform, explore it, see what great things are out there that they can redeem their points for. They might want to save up. And, you know, it's really um encouraging too, because we really try to get them to also, who who's somebody that's been meaningful in your first 30 days that you want to take a minute to recognize, right? So we do that 30 day, we then do a six month and every employee at six months receives at home in the mail, a Southwest Airlines six month anniversary pin that they can wear with their uniform pieces. And they also get a gift, a branded gift. And I think it's a lunchbox and a small speaker. And I mean, our current employees all beg for it. Like, can we please have this? And then we do the same thing at the year mark with a branded gift. And, you know, then our milestone service anniversary program continues from there. That's amazing. <laughs> so do you have, this is like a random question. Do you have a creative team within HR or is it you just have really creative HR people? Yeah. On your team. So we're actually not even part of our HR function. Oh, wait, what? Right. Yeah. So right. we report up to our chief administrative officer, but she is over our people department, which is our HR department, which is in our talent and leadership development group. So culture has always been outside of that. So we report into the same leader. So we're in the same group overall and the same umbrella, sharing ideas. But culture at Southwest has always been outside of HR. It's worked well for us. We feel like it puts us not as attached to the policies and mm -hmm. some of the benefit work that we have and more into how do we really enhance from all different areas of the company? How do we enhance that company culture? Yeah, and it's hard. I, I can see how that would be a great structure because in HR, so many times we get so far in the weeds doing the HR work that we, it's hard to zoom out yeah. and really think strategically about, okay, our culture, is it where we want it to be? Mm -hmm. And and I guess to follow on to, to Daniel's question, Craig asks us like what our views are, how we define culture and how we look at it. And one of the things that I shared with him is that I believe culture is living and breathing mm -hmm. and oh, it, yeah. it's organic in the sense that it changes over time. Mm -hmm. And so even like today, we may have our culture nailed six months from now, like the pandemic, things can happen mm -hmm. and completely change that. And he told us a great story about uh, New Orleans and when Katrina came in and the residents were like, well, what do we do now? Like everything, the culture was tourism and the culture was, you know, we come together as community, but they, that was kind of just like washed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wiped completely. And so we then started talking about, like, you can look at the pandemic and consider that something similar because, like, you were describing earlier, that's mm -hmm. what I thought of when you were describing how you used to onboard. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, then we don't hire for 18 months or 24 months. 
that is no longer relevant. And so when you guys look at culture, do you intentionally look at how it's changing, evolving? Mm -hmm. Are you looking at data? How does that work for Southwest Airlines? Well, we use, again, with our people department, we work really closely with them to see kind of those people data stats. So you look at turnover overall, but turnover in a particular location, and then see if we can't focus on, I'll make up Nashville. So if Nashville's having the issue at the time, all of these different groups will work together to say, what can we do? How long has the leader been there? You know, what's the tenure of the location? That kind of thing to kind of work together to work on that culture. I think what we see is that we evolve is, Lori and team talked a little bit about this morning. We've evolved. We used to only have one way to celebrate. Now we're adding in choice. So if you like an in-person thing, you can do that. If you want your own recognition personally sent to your house, you can do that. I think we're offering a blend of virtual opportunities and in-person opportunities, even when it comes all the way down to training, to make sure that you're still coming in to get that feel from headquarters. But we've also, from the pandemic, learned some of this doesn't have to take you out of where you are all the time, where you might have to get more help at home to be gone. But I think, too, the the tenure of our employees is going down. So I think it's at the end of next year, a fourth of our employees, so we have about 75,000 employees, a fourth of that will be new. And so that's a lot for a really, really high tenured company to be able to adjust to. So we've we've changed. We also are able to see our culture through the eyes of our new hires. And I feel like when you're with a new employee and you're feeling their excitement and how different they tell you, I bumped into someone at one of our in-person events earlier this year. It was at Globe Life Field where the Rangers play in Dallas. And they were like, I worked somewhere else. No one threw me. I didn't ever see my senior leaders because we have this event where our senior leaders are speaking. I've never had free food because we have these food trucks, Whataburger food truck. What's up, Texas? Um, Whataburger. Yeah. My choice in particular, but, and then just, I've never had an interaction. I'll never leave. Now, never is probably, you know, but I think that making that impression as you evolve the ways that we're able to engage our employees has changed for us over time. But the other thing we do is, like a lot of other companies, we have an employee survey. So we take that data. We really work with our partner groups to say, what questions do we want to ask this year or this time? Because we do it about twice a year. How do we want to make sure we're slicing the data and showing our employees we're taking action on some of these things that are important to them? How do we make their work environment better? How do they know they're going to work the schedule they're given? I think that that's changed a lot. So we've been, the pandemic helped us. We were already transparent, but I think we became more transparent during the pandemic. And we really, really want to hear from our employees, what do they want so we can create a company where that they never want to leave. So I want to jump in on this one too, if I can. Please. So, yeah. you know, I think all of that is so true. You know, the way I really like to think about it is we have our culture, which is all of our values, beliefs, behaviors, norms, right? And we know that engagement is really a really critical driver of culture. And if you have engaged employees, that's going to positively feed the culture. If you have employees that are disengaged, right? Guess what happens to the culture? So it's really the the way you drive engagement. You can't just say, oh, let's be more engaged, right? It's really about the employee experience and the journey that employees have. So we've mapped out our end-to-end employee journey. We have, I think, six stages and 27 moments, right? And we continually evaluate, how are we doing against all of these moments? And we do use our surveys for that. We do focus groups. We do more spot surveys on specific items. And we're really looking for what are those pain points? And then that's really driving a lot of the work that our employee experience team is doing to really solve for pain points to help employees be more engaged, right? Which in turn feeds the culture. Yep. So 
we won't have time. We've got so I wanted many to dig questions. Into the 27 yeah, 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 moments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, we warned you. Cause I was we, like, I was like, I'm going to have to be the bad guy and say we don't have any more time. <laughs> yeah. We, we got the five minute wave like 10 minutes ago. But the last thing I want to say is kudos to you all. You don't need our affirmation. I'm sure you're getting validation from your business partners. Hey, it helps. We'll take it. But we, Feels Daniel good. and yeah. I are having these conversations every week, multiple times a week, some weeks. And there are companies that are truly struggling to figure out, A, how do we meet our employees where they're at, mm-hmm. which is what I heard, mm-hmm. right? And B, how do we take these, you know, maybe we've done two or three of the 10 best practices you should be doing right now. But how do we begin to combine all of the initiatives, mm-hmm. the things we know we need to be doing? And what we're hearing from you is like, that's happening. Mm-hmm. And that's happening at scale. And it's also happening for a company that's not high tech, right? Because it's, I think there's a view that, oh, these things work, but only for the corporate type of business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a large percentage, I don't know, I've got to imagine an extremely large percentage, 85%, 85% yeah. of your workforce is desolate in the front lines. And so it can happen out there, guys, li- everyone listening, you can do it. And so kudos. Thank I think that's, that's really you. amazing. We love it. And unfortunately, that's all the time we well, have. Thanks for having us. You no, know, thank, thank you, you for so joining. Much. This was fun. We've yeah. got one more ritual before we let okay. you, oh, yeah, you right. leave. And we call it one word, one phrase close. And mm-hmm. so as you think about the last 30 minutes, you know, it's just a way of wrapping things up. So I can go first. Mine would be energized. That's exactly what I was oh going my to gosh, say. Lori. I know. Daniel I know. and I do that all the time. Okay, we're sharing yeah. energized, but I, I can think of a different one. I'll say inspired. Yeah, it's a good one. Love it. I will say hopeful based on, you know, my last point. So thank you so much for joining us. We would, there's an an open invitation to join us on the Modern People Leader in the full format. If you're interested, we would love to have you and dig into some of the things we didn't have time on. We love being Love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having us. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Modern People Leader. We really, really appreciate it. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating. It would mean the world to us. And connect with us on LinkedIn. We want to know what you think about the show. And you can find links to both of our profiles in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and see you on the next episode.